This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 93.3 KWTO and stream us on the 93.3 mobile app. So I know y'all watched the presidential debate last night, and I know it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so you've already read something or watched something or heard something about the debate. So how how can we give you something different? Well, guess what? We're going to bring in New York Times bestselling author and senior national political reporter from NBC News, Jonathan Allen, to give his thoughts on last night's debate. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, Elijah. How are you? All right, John. Winners, losers, who did well, who did terrible? Let's get your thoughts on the debate last night. I mean, I think uh, the far and away winner is Donald Trump, who wasn't even on the stage, right? Uh, he, the guy's in a lead. Nothing happened last night, but I think we'll change it. That said, um, losers a little bit. Uh, you know, Tim Scott seemed to, to disappear from the stage. There were, at times, there, were, uh, there was a lot of talk about him potentially uh, you know, being the next guy after DeSantis, if, if Ron DeSantis falters. Um, didn't see it on the stage last night. Of course, there will be more debates. There's well, more and, time. and let's 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 pause there for a second, because, sure. it, you know, there is this stigma that if you become the front runner too soon, you take all the slings and arrows. I think Vivek found that out last night. Is there a play where Tim Scott's like, hey, I've got all this money. I've bought all this ad time in the early states. I don't want to be memorable until three months from now. Absolutely. Uh, certainly a possibility. I think, um, you know, if you're somebody like Senator Scott, who's not really risking anything with this one, um, it's certainly possible to take that that strategy. I'll just kind of wait and see how everybody else does. The problem, of course, is that you need donors to give you money so that you can keep campaigning. And donors tend to get antsy when your poll numbers uh, are, are not doing great. And poll numbers tend to not do great if you're not you know, sort of punching uh, a little bit in these contests. All that said, you know, Scott has nothing. Scott really has nothing to lose with this uh, this campaign, and particularly kind of the nice guy campaign. Um, just getting himself known to some other, you know, to some to a broader set of voters. Uh, I think as far as uh, you know, as far as winners go, I, you know, I thought I thought uh, Governor Haley from South Carolina had a uh, had a pretty good debate. I think um, was she you know, the only one that did not wear a red tie? Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like I feel like <laughs> no, right. fashion was the big loser last night. Yeah. Fa- <laughs> well, look, I mean, if you're if you're looking at the uh, no offense, uh, given your background, but I mean, looking at a bunch of politicians on stage, fashion is always. <laughs> uh, that, you're, I, so I said yesterday in, in regards to the debate, you know, Haley Haley's he is is probably the one that has the most opportunity to make a move. Because she already stands out a little bit, but you know, there's a couple people that need to make moves like Pence and and Asa that I just don't think it's 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 built within them to be sort of crazy. But Nikki, I was like, she's going to take some shots, and I felt like she landed a couple effective moments in the debate. I really thought she did. You know, she took advantage of the fact she was standing next to Vivek. Uh, you know, so of, of all the people that uh, kind of went toe to toe with him, she was really standing right next to him to do it. Um, so you got the very visual contrast in some ways. Um, you know, the, the argument from her and from Christie and from Pence was like, hey, this guy's inexperienced. He's saying stuff that's ridiculous. Um, and, the, you know, it, there was like sort of a, an adult child uh, kind of vibe going on there for a few minutes. <laughs> she was talking to him about foreign policy. Um, on the other hand, you know, 
uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was the target of all of the arrows, right? Like nobody went after DeSantis, and I think there was some some expectation that he would be a target because he's been in second place for so long. And uh, you know, when I talked to to you know operatives, their takeaway was people didn't want to hit DeSantis because they feel like he's faltering on his own. Um, and and that Ramaswamy has been surging some, and that's why you saw him take all those shots. You know, it's interesting because uh, six months ago, if you had said Vivek will be the one that everybody goes after, people would have just been like, oh, okay. But I think it's interesting because if you did not watch the debate last night and all you did was read analysis, he was the single most polarizing candidate last night. He either won the debate or lost it. Nobody said Vivek was not a factor. You either absolutely loved what he said or you despised it. It was so interesting to read all the commentary about his debate performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you couldn't ignore him. I mean, if you're, if you're writing about it, if you're talking about it, you can't ignore him because he was basically the central figure of the debate, you know, for better, for better and worse. Um, and in a, in a sort of Trumpian way to your point, you know, of, of being a little bit polarizing, you can't take your eyes off the guy. Um, he's talking a lot. He's throwing throwing some shots here and there. He's taking shots, um, but I think in a modern in a modern sense of how debates work, like that's a win for him. Even even if he's taking you know absorbing some blows, the fact that he's kind of the center of attention, I think that's a win. He'll end up. I mean, whatever percentage he's at, say nationally he's at seven or eight or whatever it is. If he's polarizing, more than eight percent of people who watch that debate will come out and say to themselves, "I really like that guy." Does he have a little bit of the, you know, Herman Cain, Andrew Yang vibe of a guy who pulls better than he actually performs? It's a great question. Um, I think we'll have to we'll have to watch a little bit. Wait to see what happens after this debate. I just can't imagine um, people in Ames or Fort Dodge trudging through the snow and sitting in a little church for eight eight hours while their precinct captains tell them to get in this group or that group doing it for Vivek. I think on a national poll, he hits a little bit because a lot of the online people like him, but I just can't imagine he's got the organization to turn the hot stuff into a, a legitimate I'm getting delegates type of campaign. Yeah, it is very hard to project forward and see uh, Vivek Ramaswamy being a serious contender for the Republican nomination. But right now I'm trying to figure out who is a serious contender for the Republican nomination other than, of course, the two-time defending champ in that, with, you know, who's Donald Trump. I mean, and and I'm glad you, had, you know, as, as the two-time defending champion, a guy who's won two presidential elections, isn't he barred by a constitutional amendment from serving a third term? I don't, I don't, I haven't heard John Eastman's feedback on this yet. Wait a while, did you just say that he won two presidential elections? <laughs> I, I'm being a little facetious in that his, <laughs> his story is, I've won twice. It's like, well, then you're constitutionally barred from a third term. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this is this is uh, we've got sort of an interesting thing going on to, uh, tonight. I think the, you know, most we're talking about the debate, but I, you know, I think that's going to be old news pretty soon uh, once he goes and turns himself in. Um, and what we've seen with all these indictments is that it only helps him within uh, the Republican Party, at least in terms of the polling. Uh, you know, I think he was already rising a little bit before the first indictment. Uh, there were some other, I think, some other factors that had. had you know, kind of drawn people back into him uh, who had, who had left him, and 
you know, now you see him in most polls, most Republican primary polls, uh, over 50 percent. Yeah. Means- Here's, is that a sugar high, though? Because, like, you know, all of his campaign cash is turning into legal defense fund money. And you spend, you know, the next 90 days or at some point in 120 days taking negative ads in Iowa, New Hampshire, and he didn't win Iowa in 16. Cruz got it. So if he, I just don't know how that 30 point advantage holds when he's got no campaign money to run ads, defending himself against the onslaught of ads. that's inevitably going to come. So any other candidate, I would 100% agree with you and uh, look at them, you know, having trouble fundraising, uh, not, you know, putting <laughs> hemorrhaging money to lawyers. And they're like, this person, that they just don't have a, a long tail, right? Like they can't sustain it. Trump gets so much earned media, gets so much free media, has such an ability to dominate the conversation that um, I, I don't know. I don't know that he needs money to win a, a presidential campaign. I mean, it's certainly in the general election he does because there, you still need to persuade independents and, and swing states, and that takes some advertising. But I also think if he is the Republican nominee, you'll see a lot of money come off the sidelines to him. Yeah, totally. So, okay, the next question is, if, if, you know, we all think we all think Trump's going to be the nominee. And, and while we're on that, give me your thoughts on the Tucker interview. Brilliant strategy, terrible strategy, did 200 people, million people really watch it? Or, like, give me your thoughts on all that. I mean, the last time I looked, there were, like, 5.4 million views on Twitter um, or X, the platform formerly known as Twitter <laughs> or Prince, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there were about 5.5 million views when I when I t- tuned in. Uh, look, I, I think that whatever eyeballs he took away from the Republican debate, that's a little bit of a win for him, right? So it's, if it's a smaller audience that's watching the debate itself um, than otherwise would have, then, you know, he did pretty well. And you, I mean, you, you know this more than I do, you know, given uh, your political success in the past. Nobody would advise their candidate who's up 30 or 40 points in the polls to go into a debate especially a multi-candidate debate where you have no idea what's going to happen except for that you are clear that people are going to take shots at you. Um, so, you know, I think it was, it was a smart thing for him to do, to, to show up on uh, debate night, do something a little bit different. And when I say show up, not at the debate, but show up in, in the public, uh, you know, in the public sphere. And, I, you know. Well, and now he's turning himself into day, so he's dominating today's news coverage, too. Like, he's figured he, – he's – for all the people that think Donald Trump's dumb, no, the guy knows how to how to own the media media moment. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, we're all going to be down there with cameras waiting for him to like turn himself in. I mean, there's a, and and occasionally people get angry at, at folks in my business and they say, "Why are you even covering this? Why do you give this attention?" Like, I don't know. Former president of the United States is about to get booked. That's like that's almost the definition of news. What is um, what? My favorite stat is what is it? The average president has 1.7 felony indictments because Trump's got 91 and everybody else is. I mean, it, it is pretty funny to like to, to to play off some of this stuff. Okay, takeaways from last night, and I guess the you know debates do they matter? Yes. When you do so many of them, they matter less. And I think the big thing is you can't win the the, the campaign from a debate, but you can certainly lose it. Was there anybody last night you're like, let's they should end this now before the misery continues? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely 
definitely in the – I mean, I would never advise anybody – let me make a caveat as a reporter. I would never advise anybody to get out of a campaign, but it's not clear to me what uh, Asa Hutchinson or Doug Burgum are doing on the debate stage. Uh, I don't see what the path is for them. I don't, you know. That's interesting. <laughs> that's I will agree with you, uh, Hutchinson. He's trying to do the the never Trump lane, and I just don't think there's a there's a there's a path there. But Doug Burgum, you know, he's a successful governor. He's independently wealthy. He's now figured out how to get on the debate stage. Do you think there's no path for him, or or is it just sort of a hail mary attempt? Yeah, I think there's. I thought there was an interesting moment last night where he. He basically said, I'm, you know, I'm from a town of 3,000 people, and I feel really lucky just to be on this stage. And I thought to myself, yeah, here's a guy from a town of 3,000 people that's, like, having fun. He's running for president. It's a cool experience. I, but the, I, I don't see from him, you know, any path to a Republican nomination, much less winning the presidency. Um, but he, I do see a path for him as somebody who is the governor of North Dakota trying to reach a broader audience for whatever he's going to do next. What do you do next as governor of North Dakota? <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no northwestern regional dictator positions open. So I don't know. As a McKinsey guy, as a billionaire, I feel like there's at least a path where I could see him starting to put, to, you know, all the people that love Brian Kemp and love Glenn Youngkin. And the, if those guys never commit, they're unsatisfied with how DeSantis' campaign is going. I could see a Bergen starting to slide into that 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 area of donors and all of a sudden you you've got a, the makings of a real campaign i think people are going to keep their money on the sidelines until someone shows that they can compete with trump that's my that's my feeling i i just sort of feel like you know in terms of um in terms of like who's the next number two if DeSantis falls i don't know that people are going to be excited i don't know if donors are going to be excited to give away millions of dollars to somebody who's polling at 10 percent Let's Doug talk Bergman. about Ron DeSantis. Doug, by the way, Doug Bergman has to get to 10%. Well, like he's got to, you know, quintuple his points to get to 10%. Let's talk about Ron DeSantis. I, I know everybody's acting like he's faltering. And and while I think it's not been the rollout he wanted, I also feel like the cycles are so fast that we're just waiting to write the DeSantis comeback story any day now. He seems to have a, a fairly organized campaign in Iowa and New Hampshire he he really didn't. I I don't think he 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 took a step backward last night. Aside from Tim Scott, he's the only guy with serious cash, and I just I I, I think everybody has written him off too fast. Am I wrong on that? No, I think you're right. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this last night. Uh, all these candidates decided they weren't going to hit him because they think that he's falling uh, and that they don't need to hit him. And you know my my view of uh, electoral politics is if you got somebody down, you know don't let them get back up. And in the case of DeSantis, uh, he is somebody who, to your point, has like a ton of money on hand, uh, who has an organization. Um, it has to start with a candidate. He has to start connecting with people, and not you know we'll find out I think over a little bit of time whether the debate helped him do that, but. All of the all of the sort of pieces are in place for him to to rebound and like kind of get a springboard from this debate. And so, um, you know, I think it was a mistake for the other candidates to give him a free pass last night. You know, I'm going to springboard from that because you talked about him connecting with people. Um, as we wrap up the interview, we always finish with two questions. First is our question of the day. Question of the day every day on the show, different from the day before. Guests and hosts have to answer it. Now, the question of the day today sort of in that vein. 
we always talked about, you know, oh, everybody wants to have a beer with Bill Clinton, and that's what made him so popular. But if you could pick one person running for president, doesn't matter the side, and you can do something, you can take him to the mall, you can have a beer with him, you can smoke a cigarette, whatever it is you want to do, who's the person you hang out with that's running for president, and what do you do? Oh, it's such a great question. Um, you know, I think I think I'd love to go to a ball game with DeSantis, a baseball game, and find out like here's a guy who, you know, played Division One baseball. For, so first of all, I'm a baseball fan, right? Um, but he played Division One baseball, and he seldom talks about it. I'm kind of curious to. I would love to watch a game with somebody that played at that level. You know, and this is every you, you don't run for president and get on the debate stage without having these secret hidden talents. But it is interesting, a guy like DeSantis, you know, Ivy League school, played baseball, and and it's never really been a discussion point. You just wonder, like, what are what? That's going to be a question today, one of these days. What's the secret talent that they all have that nobody wants to talk? Like, which one of these guys rolls a two seventy every night at the 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 local bowling league and just doesn't talk about it? Uh, again, he played, in the, he played in the Little League World Series. And we didn't hear about that as the Little League World Series was going on. I thought that was like a real missed opportunity for him. Where is the video of Ron DeSantis talking to a you know twelve-year-old DeSantis, being like, "I like to hit dingers and meet chicks." Like we don't have that video from ESPN. It's a, it's <laughs> it's kind of an unfortunate thing. Again, we're being joined by Jonathan Allen. He's a best-selling author and the senior national politi- political reporter for NBC News. John, if anybody wants to follow you on social media and or buy your last book, tell us about how they do that. Uh, so you can follow me on social media at John Allen DC on Twitter. It's J-O-N-A-L-L-E-N DC like the city. And uh, if you want to buy the books, uh, just look me up on Amazon or your local bookstore. Uh, you got uh, three books, HRC, Shattered and Lucky. Jonathan Allen, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, that was John Allen again. Always love having somebody with a national perspective. Give us a little bit of feedback on the debate. We didn't even intro the show. We got so much to come. We'll do a question of the day. As always, who would you hang out with? Let's run it for president. 505, Garrett and I are going to pick our two winners and two losers from last night. And 535, we're going to play a fun game. If each presidential candidate was a wrestler, who would they be and why? I promise you, this will be a take that you've not heard yet. Stick around. I only know at his right hand Stands one who is my savior